Welcome to Heart Shaped Pod, a Nirvana fan podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Travis Clark. Hey everybody, welcome to Heart Shaped Pod. I am Adam Todd Brown. I remain Travis fucking Clark. Fucking Clark. Put a little more dirt on it now. Yeah, yeah. I like that. And once again, we are joined by Kyle not fucking Clark. Never, never fucking. No fucking for Kyle. Zero. <laughs> Kyle. Write it down. Might as well be Morrissey. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well. You have a huge Mexican following and you don't fuck. God. Mm-hmm. That's, I'm living my own dream, I'm realizing. Mexicans for Morrissey is my favorite All phenomenon right. in the world. And he is known to just rip his shirt off on stage, be embarrassed, and go grab a new and shirt. Of course. Instead of yeah. holding yeah. this yeah. microphone to this podcast, I'm holding a bundle of gladioli. Yeah. Oh. Like their first appearance on top of the I pops. Gotcha. Okay. You're making that <laughs> you're making that classic Travis Clark, am I aware of your reference face? I'm making the <laughs> rejecting now, accepting later. We've, there we we've go. covered there this. We go. This there is we go. me. This is me. Very nice. Double <laughs> <laughs> Good. I just, I just good. got stuck there. We were yeah, talking about Morrissey good. and yeah. I wanted to keep on. Let's do a Morrissey podcast after this. Okay, sure. Uh, yeah, let's get real sad. Yeah. Uh, not eat meat and- uh, Wear blousey shirts. Not fun. Yeah. yeah. And make sure Johnny Marr never talks to us. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right? They don't talk anymore? They don't. Yeah. yeah they're they never. Don't. Remember when Johnny Marr joined Modest Mouse? That was fucking awesome. Yeah, Remember when Johnny was so Marr great. was the fucking uh, guitarist on the Inception soundtrack? Was he? Yeah. Was he? Yeah. Then the very the, the very end thing is John, John Marr. I did not John know Marr. that. Oh like yeah, well, we, we, when you're doing when you're doing soundtracks, you're John Mar. Yeah. I prefer Juan Mar. Thank you. <laughs> so we're this is part two of our episode about the Nevermind years. We haven't decided how many parts this episode's going to be. We're eh. just going to have to go where the research takes us. Yeah, yeah. it's it's an, it's a turbulent time in the band's history. I, I'd say our attitude is, oh well, whatever. Never, Never mind. mind. Yeah. And yeah. I see, whereas I think that the, the you know... We were doing a bit, Kyle! Coming out of Nevermind. So was I. I was going to say it changed everything. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> He's doing our bit! What? That's awesome! That changes everything! That changes everything! <laughs> oh my God, that was the bit that oh changed everything Oh my God, it's the first podcast. time a guest ever did a callback to a bit that we... That's amazing. That is fantastic. That's going to be great. You know what? I'm kind of sad, though. Do you got a gun? <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm sad, too. We're all I swear I don't have a gun. Uh, That's what I heard, right? But you like all their pretty songs, I heard. Yeah. That should have been the name of this podcast. I swear I don't have a gun. (laughs) (laughs) You get a lot of fun accidental (laughs) listening. Yeah. People halfway through, oh, I think it's a Nirvana podcast. (laughs) I I would be so into that. That should be the thing. I swear I don't have a gun. I think it's a Nirvana (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Do you guys remember this grunge Sprite commercial? But we also have another podcast called I Have a Gun, and that could be also a Nirvana. It's right. just the sound right. of you breathing heavy in a dark room. <laughs> Did you say a grunge Sprite commercial? Yeah. There was a grunge Sprite commercial <laughs> that tried to sound like In Bloom, where it was like, Sprite's the one. <laughs> yes. Can we find that, that before a real we thing? Yeah. Let's, let's go see if we can find this on, on, uh, on the YouTubes. But yeah, there was a Sprite grunge commercial that was like a parody of In Bloom. And, and, I, I and it was about grunge being like outdated. And so it was talking about how like maybe grunge will come back next year. Wow. It what? was a radio commercial. Was Sprite, was Sprite the Uncola or that 7-Up? Which one's the Uncola? Try Sprite radio ad. Sprite radio ad. Grunge. Grunge. <laughs> 
Hell yeah. Uh, this might be it. Let's see. Come on. This is probably not it. I don't. This doesn't feel. This feels. Grungy. This is. Uh, this is a very odd. Yeah. Have a sprite. Is Milk this a, it, for Sonya. It's definitely not it. Is this an MK Ultra thing? Are yeah. we being mind oh, controlled? My right trigger now? words. <laughs> well, everybody check out that yeah. Sprite Grunge hey, commercial hey, if, if you, you can find it. Yeah, if you find it, send it our way. Also, too, you've all been activated. Yep. Uh, so you know what you need to do now. Yeah, go be a hero. Leave more reviews on iTunes yeah. so we can hear more of Travis Clark's journal entries. Every time we hit uh, a zero, I will read uh, more. So we're at 22 as of recording. Uh oh. Oh, you wrote it's ugly like yeah. the Rollins record. <laughs> he got it. He got it. It's the only person to ever get the reference. I've been carrying these fucking things around for 24 years, hoping someone would get it. The day has come, Dragon. Oh my God! Now ascend with us. Do you understand how excited I am? This might be the happiest I've ever been. Set off. Uh, I, I, it's not wrong from the right. No, it's no, it's before that. Ones. It's one of the quarter stick it's, records. It's uh, yeah. talk box or human. Yeah, butt yeah or one, one of those. those. Okay. It's one of those. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> my whole life has literally been building to this moment. I was like, oh, I literally knew it was going to be me. When, when I wrote that, this is 1993 that that happened. I wrote that and I was like, look, another Rollins fan will get that. And no one ever got it. Yeah. You're the first person. I'm glad I could. I'm glad I could do that very specific thing. Oh. It, I was looking at him like, did he write it's ugly? Like he the sure did. Rollins? He sure did. This feels like the interaction that changes everything. It did. Yeah. It changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. Everything has changed now. Look. The point is, you're not alone. Uh, eventually, yeah. 24 years later. <laughs> Sometimes you have to wait a long time, but whatever you're thinking, you're the only one Sometimes with. you have to deal with it on your own, and yeah. then 24 years later, you find a friend. Yeah. <laughs> so don't kill yeah. yourself. Just yeah. wait 24 long, Just, yeah. lonely, painful years. If only Kurt had gotten into the L.A. stand-up scene. <laughs> God, he'd have been just a real he'd problem. He'd never made it past 20. He'd have been like, this is done. I'm over. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. So we were. He would have been a real problem. <laughs> oh, he's talking about having sex with a mentally disabled lady again. <laughs> I don't get where this bit's going. Oh, that was a dark moment in Nirvana yeah. history. The montage of hat. That's from Montage of Hat. It sure is. Where yeah. we hear that story. That, the, which subtitle should be I think I don't like Nirvana. <laughs> yeah. That was a dark moment. <laughs> I remember like I that came out while I was on a tour and I was sitting at somebody's house and we're all just sitting playing that. We all don't know each other. Let's watch this HBO documentary. <laughs> and by the end of it, I was going like, oh, do none of us like Nirvana now? <laughs> do we all think he's a shitty monster? That could also be the name of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think it was for a while. <laughs> yeah. It was the, uh, that, that montage of Heck should have been called, well, I guess Buzz Osborne has opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he has strong feelings about that, which makes me feel better about it because right. he's like, oh, that's all trash. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. side with he's Buzz. Like, yeah. He's like, guys, look at me. You can trust me. <laughs> yeah. I, look I know I look like a mad scientist <laughs> shitty kid. That's the problem with the Courtney killed Kurt conspiracy is everyone involved in it looks less competent than Courtney Love <laughs> right. somehow. So it's like, you can't play the, oh, you're going to believe Courtney Love? It's like, against El Duce? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. And if you've never seen Buzz Osborne, he looks like someone threw Sideshow Bob at like, yeah. Einstein. Like, he looks like yeah. Sideshow Bob's grandfather. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's Sideshow Buzz. <laughs> Sideshow Buzz! 
Oh, Kyle should be here all the time. <laughs> I'm slowly just trying to earn my way into a permanent spot on this show. Yeah. It was like, I thought it was Travis fucking Clark. It seems like it's Kyle Clark who's the host of the show. I don't know what happened to that other oh, dude. It's funny. I recognize this Rollins journal now. I'm invited to be on the show forever. It's like my golden ticket. So how did you two meet? Well. <laughs> Why are they all buy purple velvet coats? <laughs> so let's talk about... When we left off, Nirvana was Let's about not to have with their- Nirvana. <laughs> That's a good point. I want to yeah. hear about their release party. Kurt's living in his car. He sold the turtles. Courtney Love is just going like, I got to lock down this guy with some kind of heroin baby. Yeah. Holy shit. Do you have like one of those mental things where like you remember all this stuff? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. I don't remember math though. So <laughs> just know like it only works. He for... doesn't remember how much the turtles sold for. No, absolutely. $50. $50. $50. Yeah. See, yeah. That's why you own a home and I don't. Because <laughs> I got all that sweet turtle money. <laughs> <laughs> so they have their record release party on Friday the 13th, 1991. Is that the year Jason Goes to Hell came out? I didn't check it I since think last we, time. I think that we asked I, that I think last I had two time. weeks yeah, to check. <laughs> Give me a quick second and I'll make sure we check this because I have to know. I don't know if that's what Jason no, went 1993. to hell. 1993. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Two years from Jason going to hell. This is probably what kicked off the... Jason goes to hell. Do you think movie. they picked that day to like, or do you think that just happened? I don't know. It seems well. It's the album because albums that, come out on a Tuesday. They don't come out on a Friday. Yeah, now they do. They yeah, now they did. now they come out on Fridays. They used oh, now to they do. Yeah. yeah, they used to always come out on Tuesdays. They switched to Fridays a couple I've, years uh, ago. I've never bought a record this century. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of records, but I have not bought them, so I don't know when albums come out. So, yeah, they probably picked Friday the 13th. It's oh, a- absolutely. That seems pretty on brand for every party involved. Yeah. And this is a day that will live in infamy in the Nirvana history. I love history. reading your notes because I can feel your sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it the the day started with a bunch of radio interviews. And Kurt reads my pet goat, <laughs> which <laughs> does he really? No, <laughs> that's what George Bush read on nine eleven. I know. I was wondering, but I didn't know when that book came out. I didn't know <laughs> it had this weird tie-in. <laughs> my pet goat is just this book that haunts all dark points in history. <laughs> it's like a sailor reads it on a sunny day in Hawaii in the forties. <laughs> It's just like, Kurt, your record's out seven minutes of silence. <laughs> <laughs> he does nothing. <laughs> Kurt is told that now both Chris and Dave are in the, the studio. It probably would have been like, he, it wasn't far off from what happened on these radio interviews. Uh, the first one, he barely said anything, but did start throwing pizza around the control room. That sounds very well, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Here's a side question. Do you think in, like, Kurt... Here, I'm going to start a new Kurt Cobain mythology idea. Oh, good. What if Kurt this whole time was mentally ill and in on his shoulder was like a cat in the hat that just told him to fuck things up? <laughs> uh, yes. It kind of feels that way. I think it was, but I think the cat was called Heroin. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, But was still wearing that fun rave hat. Yes. <laughs> Which were super popular around this time. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Uh, so after a couple more interviews, he gets bored and starts telling people stories. He tells Patrick McDonald of the Seattle Times, I fucking love this, that he purchased an inflatable love doll, cut off the hands and feet, and intended to wear it on stage. That'd be pretty cool. He did and do that. Did he do it? Because And one of the things that we watched, one of the videos, he has like the blow-up doll like on his face. <laughs> he has at least the face of it. 
So and I MJ guess he wasn't like, lying. And he felt like it was a compromise that he couldn't get the whole thing. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, now I'm depressed and I feel fat because I can't wear the skin of a love doll. It's <laughs> the stage. only true story he ever yeah. told <laughs> was that he bought this love doll. Yeah. Well, that's you know that's what you want to do when you buy a sex doll is immediately cut off the parts that would normally trace a real body. You know, right? Uh, yeah. right. That's with re- with those real dolls. The problem they have, they get them returned all cut up pretty often. No, they don't. That's a real thing. Oh, that's. I like telling people that because I learned it. And I was like, other people need to have to live with this too. Do they I, bleed real blood? I, I mean, no, I, that's why they're probably getting returned. I just wanted to throw out the most disturbing question. <laughs> no, you know like how was, you can get Nerf guns modified? Yeah. I feel like there's probably a very, very dark submarket for real dolls. But I also feel like they're returning it. They're like, I cut the shit out of this. There's no blood. I was promised a blood doll. <laughs> I was promised a blood doll. Blood doll. You can listen to our episode about uh, grunge bands from the 90s. Yes. Blood doll was an amazing band. That first band. blood doll yeah. album oh is my really God. great. They really should have been bigger. They should have. Yeah. I think it might be the name. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I think the name did them in. My buddy who's a touring musician told me a story about a blood puppet. Do you know what that is? A bluppet? A blood puppet. It's where you uh, uh, reach inside and you pull out a little bit of your inside of your asshole and you make it move around it's called a blood puppet whoa <laughs> yeah. well this has been heart shaped pod everybody <laughs> join us next week for uh, there's something about, our final episode there's something about kurt that always just really rockets you to the moon pretty quick <laughs> yeah he brings a real energy do you think patrick mcgonnell went cool <laughs> probably <Yeah. laughs> awesome sounds um, fun nice. kurt yeah. strummed on the table awkwardly and then just walked yeah. away and said hey fucking really these guys yeah. i think he also went uh so how do you feel about your record coming out well i bought a sex doll and i cut the arm uh-huh. and the feet off of it oh really you did wear it on stage yeah oh you're gonna wear that on stage uh-huh. you know you're a millionaire soon Nah. well i don't know i yeah. live in my car right yeah. now though i have but a sh- <laughs> i have a shotgun that tastes delicious <laughs> you, know, you shouldn't be eating those <laughs> they should make the barrels out of chocolate that was a grim interview <laughs> Very prescient, though. <laughs> but also, <laughs> so telling. How did we miss the signs? Yeah, yeah, they were all there. So at 6 p.m. that day, they have their record release party at a place called Rebar. Yeah. Which is, We've talked about that place before, yeah, right? It's yeah, it's still... We did a grunge landmarks episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the audio tour you can buy when you go to Seattle. Exactly. Oh, my yeah. God. Can we do that? <laughs> Why don't we do that? Yes. We need to do oh, that. We Doing a deal we... with Audible. That's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> I love when, when I can tell a thing's going to get cut out because yeah. Adam gets that, I can make money off this look on his face. I also love the idea of like <laughs> us commenting on a place we've never been. <laughs> yeah, apparently some shit happened here. I don't know. He seemed like a real asshole. <laughs> off to your left, you'll notice. We another- walk people to that bridge, and then when they get there, we're like, he never slept he under this. He didn't live here. This he is didn't, all lies. Yeah. It's yeah. just Travis with the cruise car. Take me to the place <laughs> I love. <laughs> 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 Talk about singing that song poorly. That's a lot of fun. Oh yeah, uh, you mean like how it's recorded? Um, <laughs> There's a real template for how to go. Uh, do they have they have a good time and everything's pretty much fine at the party though, right? Oh, it's they all chill. Yep. They uh, beforehand they sent out in, uh, invitations that said, "Never mind, Triskaidekaphobia. Here's Nirvana." That means the fear of the number thirteen. Yep. Oh, because Friday, Friday the thirteenth, yeah. uh, the band smuggled in a half gallon of Jim Beam. Because they were going to a bar. I'm sorry. I feel like there would have been free booze. Yeah, in their free it's record your release fucking party. record release party. They're gonna take care of you. Yeah, yeah. Smuggle them. They're not gonna have the good shit. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, a food fight breaks out. 
Kurt starts throwing ranch dressing at Chris, which is the most disgusting thing you can throw I at a person. I used to have people who short threw of mayonnaise. Uh, ranch dressing at us in high school. My group got, uh, when we were freshmen, some like senior guys in a really killer pop punk band would throw open ranch containers at us. I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. Hey, what, what those, are the people, those are the people Kurt didn't want at his shows. Can I just point out that uh, we're, we're an interview and a party in. There's been two food fights. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of property destruction. On I mean, this at day. that point, you think he's just like in his head going like, man, I'm like Rodney Dangerfield and Caddyshack. Something like that. Or the or the, the who or the like, the frat in the animal house. Yeah. There you thing. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Which ironic, given his stance on frat boys. Yeah. Like he was the most frat boy, anti frat boy. Yeah. Ever produced. He, he set an archetype. Yeah. That is still alive <laughs> and with us. He uh, they. So after this uh, food fight breaks out, a bouncer intervenes and at first tries to kick the entire band out. And of their own party. Of their own party. And a record label executive intervenes and for a second has it all cooled down. And then Chris gets in a fight with a different bouncer. <laughs> so they do ultimately get kicked out of their own record release party. Jesus Christ. And for a while, they're just at the back window like, Drinking and commiserating with people from outside. Can I tell you what I've noticed about all of these stories? Dave Grohl, never mentioned. Dave Grohl is not starting a fight. He's not yeah. throwing shit. I always assume him and Kathleen Hanna are like somewhere inside, like with long stem glasses of white wine. <laughs> and like, you know, we're going to run this town. Talking about like <laughs> yeah. fun zines that they're putting together and how one day everyone will be dead but them. <laughs> If you if you read books and interviews with Nirvana at the time, they make it sound like Dave Grohl was always off like snowboarding and doing extreme sports. <laughs> oh, that's even better. <laughs> Which, yeah, I like that a lot better. Oh, just just bust. Dave's trying out for the X Games, <laughs> which don't and exist I feel it's, yet. <laughs> I feel it's impacting the band. Also, what are the X Games? I, yeah. Like it's right up there with the story of like I love that like. Kurt really wanted uh, fucking, really, my brain's going to shut down. The Chicago producer we always talk Steve about. Steve Thank you. Uh, <laughs> to like him. And he was really disappointed that he was way more down to go to, the, uh, to hang out with Dave Grohl in the alley because they like to light farts on fire. <laughs> and Kurt was really disappointed that they would do that and not invite him. <laughs> That that if you and Travis were outside lighting farts on fire, uh, I would be. You mean when? <laughs> oh. All right, I guess we'll talk after the show. Yeah. I mean, I would an invite kill you. Hey, Adam, you want to come light some farts with us? You're always invited, yeah. buddy. Oh, this changes everything. <laughs> I was gonna throw all this ranch. <laughs> so yeah, they get kicked out of their own fucking party. They go to a, a loft. Uh, a party at a loft apartment of a friend of theirs where Kurt immediately sets off a fire extinguisher. So everyone has to leave again. It's like they read like the like, here's what a rock band does. Yeah. You know, yeah. like uh. they seem really fucking insufferable. Yeah. But again, I feel like Dave Grohl's just like, God damn it. Probably. You know? Yeah. 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 Oh, but at least he does a real cool move in this next part. Yeah. <laughs> They they go next go to a, the home of a record label employee. She has a gold record on her wall from the band Nelson. And, and now here's the thing that is lame. Yeah. But I would hang any gold record on my wall. I think a lame gold record is the funniest thing. To yeah. Hang on your wall. Yeah. That's so much like, better. Why would you have like rumors from Fleetwood Mac <laughs> on your wall when you could have Nelson and remind people they had a gold record? <laughs> exactly. Right. Or the Baja Man or yeah. something like that. Like I want that oh. on my wall. Uh, but Kurt calls that an affront to humankind. Pulls it off the wall, rubs lipstick on it, 
then puts it in the microwave. And that's the- on defrost. Heavier than heaven points out. Oh, thank God someone took on notes defrost. on that. Yeah. That makes me really happy. Because yeah. uh, I, I would wonder. I like that there was that extra step of no defrost. I also like that someone was like, this is important. I should write this down. <laughs> Just a drunkard. This is funny. What colored nail polish do you think he was wearing that day? He did. I left it out of the notes, but at one point also put on one of that record employ or record label employees' dresses. Of course he did. Uh, and just like ran through the house. He's what twenty three here, twenty four, twenty three, uh, yeah, twenty three. It's uh, it's almost as if twenty three year olds are terrible. Sure, yeah. It's almost it's, as if you it tell really them. seems that way, especially <laughs> when they get a lot of fame, yeah. and attention really fast. I, I mean, that's when I really understand that I am getting old. Is when I like my tolerance for twenty something rock star antics ch- start to change. Oh yeah, for oh, sure. Uh, yeah. My to- yeah, I'd have punched him in his fucking face. <laughs> Right, but you can't because you technically works. If you're if you're the kind of at that point, I will I will take the loss. <laughs> I feel like there's probably two thirds of a scene in Seattle at that point that will secretly treat you like a king. Like you, <laughs> there are bars in Seattle that you never pay for a drink in if you yeah. punched Kurt Cobain in the face the day Nevermind came you know out. Who that is that's Kyle Clark. <laughs> you, you can fuck with a lot of people in this room, but not that guy. Yeah. <laughs> that guy punched Kurt Cobain. Let me tell you, we all wanted to. He had the balls to do it. What if that's all Kurt needed? To pull him through everything. I kind of feel like that's true. It was just for one person to just fucking beat if, the shit out of him. If there was him. one person in his life who like like took him out for a beer, kicked the shit out of him, then brought him for another beer and said, hey man, how about you just play some goddamn guitar? Yeah. That's probably uh, why he hated Axl Rose, because Axl Rose was the one person who probably would have done right. that. Let me tell you how the, the, the other side of that story could play out. The gun doesn't go in the mouth; it goes the other direction. Yeah, but at that point, that's sure. Fun. Yeah, then you die a hero. But though. how cool is that end to the Nirvana story? <laughs> that's way cooler if it's oh a kill spree ending and it's like a crazy true crime. Kurt thing. kills whole. <laughs> that would be a way more conflicting podcast is it to bad? record. I end up feeling... How about this great guy that murdered his wife and her whole band? <laughs> oh, I feel bad for the uh, bass player and drummer of Hole. <laughs> I feel bad for them no matter what. Yeah, they don't come out unscathed either way. Yeah, I feel yeah. like in the whole story, there's always... Actually, that reminds me of a montage of Heck thing. Because uh, I don't know if you guys remember... You know the scene where they're in the bathroom and they're clearly both gacked on heroin and like Francis Bean's in the other room. They're just filming themselves being bad parents. Yep. Uh, and they're like yeah. naked. Uh, at one point, the camera that they've been talking to moves and you realize someone is holding the yeah. camera. And I lost my fucking mind. <laughs> and I spent a long time researching and finding out it is the dude bass player from Hole that was holding the camera. Oh, really? It was oh. just like, sure, I guess I'll just film you guys be bad parents. I still have a job, right? <laughs> I feel it's like, yeah, I, I guess we need uh, evidence. Bass is another for, word yeah. for love. <laughs> have you ever seen, what was the Gus Van Sant Elephant. Oh, Last Days. Elef- oh, Last, last Days, days yes. the Kurt Cobain movie. Sorry, I thought we were talking about school shootings. Where Michael Elephants, Penn- the school shooting. It, I almost said <laughs> And then I quickly was like, oh, I bet he means the fake Kurt Cobain movie. That's such a weird fucking movie. But yeah. my favorite part is where someone just takes money out of Kurt Cobain's pocket because they want to buy one of those huge heaters well, that are on the sidelines of NFL games. Not Kurt Cobain. Well, yes. yeah. yeah. Blurt Showbane, the character's <laughs> 
What a weird fucking movie that <laughs> is. Man, Gus Van Zandt is a guy who about every five years I change my tune on, and I'm back to being very pro him because he just keeps making movies like, well, that's insane. Someone gave me money to make that. <laughs> Somebody, that guy got to remake Psycho, make a movie about school shootings, and a fake Kurt Cobain suicide movie. Right. What a, and Goodwill Hunting. Right. What an amazing career. <laughs> a movie about not Kurt Cobain that had a Fender tie-in where you could win a fucking Jag stank. Yeah. <laughs> like, that That's- doesn't seem tasteless at all. <laughs> and spoiler alert, the ending is his ghost climbs a ladder to heaven. <laughs> I feel like that ladder was pointed the other way. Yeah. Kinda. Well, then it wouldn't be heavier than heaven. But like oh. at least we can all agree that like once Kurt kind of got that day out of his, you know, he kind of straightened up and flew right and was more of the kind of upstanding citizen we want, right? Oh, sure. Right. You throw some pizza around, you throw some ranch at people. <laughs> Get it out of your system. You throw a gold record that's not hey, yours in ha- the microwave. It's his day, and he can party how he wants to, but after that, fame really agreed with him. <laughs> nah, he was awful the rest of the time. <laughs> right. Real quick, I will say, throwing a Nelson gold record in a microwave is kind of the perfect crime, because who's going to be like, what? I want that replaced. Like, who wants... Nelson! <laughs> but it's not Nelson. It's not theirs. It was the record label person's, right? What if she sent a letter to Nelson and was like, so... You here's what happened. You definitely hang it back up all fucked up. <laughs> oh, yeah, the for sure. The second that song is a hit, you're like, well, now this is a story piece. That yeah. is fucking been on Pawn Stars for sure. <laughs> they tried to take that into a shop. They offered her $40 <laughs> yeah. for it. Well, we can't guarantee that that's the Nelson record he put in the microwave. Did you see the episode of Pawn Stars where someone brought the shitty grunge yes. pedal? Yeah, we talked about yeah. it. Yeah. Because I was like, I was going to bring it up that he threw it at the audience. I didn't know there was a person who saved the pedal and tried to sell it for $5,000 yeah. to a deep cable show. <laughs> <laughs> and I was they bummed. They still sell that pedal. Do they? They just started remaking it. However, the knobs are no longer button face. Oh, the reissue got rid of the butt in the face knob. That's Aww. dumb. I think it's now loud and louder. Yeah. That's dumber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's much worse. It's also like FX 69. <laughs> it's grunge, guys. <laughs> 69, like the sex position. I feel yeah! like grunge really missed out on being able to have reggaeton horns. I feel like every <laughs> single band we've ever talked about would have been amused by those. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Smells like Team Spirit with that? Throw that in. Oh, it's a better song. Yeah, it's so much yeah. better. Here we are now. Entertain us. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have played the Chili Peppers Nirvana version of Teen Spirit on here at some point, right? I don't think so. I don't. The one where Flea, Flea is plays trumpet, playing the guitar parts on trumpet. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if we've played it. The, all the versions of it are kind of shitty. They're all quality. pretty bad. Yeah. Is it real? Yeah. Yeah. It's from. Remember the they did a tour. I don't think we've gotten to it yet. But at one point after Nirvana hits. They do a tour with Pearl Jam, the Chili Peppers, and Nirvana, and Nirvana's opening. Was it called the most 90s tour? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, they just needed Tool and Rage Against the Machine And on a that. young Everclear was in the audience. <laughs> that guy what was never young. All of it? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the guy from Everclear has been 40 since their first album came out. <laughs> what if Spike from Buffy was never young? <laughs> So after this record release, this is when they start getting kind of famous. Uh, They have an in-store performance at Beehive Records two days after that record release party. They expected maybe 50 people to show up. By By noon, more than 200 people were lined up. And this was one of the first times anyone documented Kurt Cobain looking at a line for one of his shows and going, holy shit. 
Wow. This is the moment that changes everything. It changes <laughs> everything. Everything. Because this is when they realize we're famous now. <laughs> oh, But people... they've been acting that way the whole fucking time. <laughs> yes, of course. Well, that means before they thought they were just assholes. <laughs> like up to this point, they're like, there's no money in this. No one thinks we're good. We're just being pieces of right. shit. <laughs> they weren't faking it till they make it. They were just, we're assholes. <laughs> this part bothers me. He was uh, at this performance. He sees Toby Vale and Tracy Miranda, both ex-girlfriends, in the crowd dancing along to the songs. And somehow that bums him out that his exes are fans of his work. What that would make me if I got to record an hour and I look out and it's like here's two girls who were at, at some point important in my life and came not on my guest list. Yeah. I think that's awesome. That would be great. Yeah. I'd be nervously checking my set to see where I've got to change. Yeah. Uh, who's um <laughs> oh somehow all of a sudden I have a joke about someone named Carol. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I know you keep to see an hour. I'm only doing 20. I only got 20 tonight for you guys. I'm so sorry. A whole bunch of his album is him whispering to chunks of the audience. Uh, if two of you could cover your ears right now, that would be really great. It's the part where he just wrote it down and passed it to someone in the front hey, row. Uh, guys, the punchline to this one's a lot of fun if you read it. So yeah. uh, just keep passing it around. He also... That would be a super fun, weird bit to do at a show now. Like put two plants in the audience and do that as a thing. I did a thing on stage once. I've only ever done it once, but I, I set it up. I was like, I've been having this debate with a comic friend of mine. He says, if you jokes that you write on Twitter don't work when you do them on stage. And I was like, so I just want to run one by you quick and see how it goes. And then I just pulled out my phone and tweeted a joke. And then after I sent the tweet, I was like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody laughed. Oh, man. That is Experimental a comedy. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Alt comedy. Yeah, you got to follow along till you really get the punchline. <laughs> One of those punchlines you get after I go, oh, that was a punchline. Yeah. <laughs> this thing I'm doing, that's the funny part. Ba boom. Can we agree, by the way, Toby Vale and Tracy Miranda, cool names. Cool names, and they both seem really cool yeah. in general. Yeah. Although Toby Vale does sound like a bar they played. Oh, we're play, you know we're headlining the Toby Vale tonight. <laughs> Toby Vale also sounds like somebody who came from like the Steve Vai school of guitar yeah. playing. <laughs> oh fuck, man! I, I hate playing shows with Toby Vale. He's always like sunglasses that are aggressively rectangular. Whoa, nice solo on the Hawaiian scale, bud. Didn't see that coming. The Hawaiian scale. Just slide. It's a real thing. Yeah, I bought Hawaiian scale. I bought a a book online back when I was playing guitar and it had like a million fucking guitar scales it's, it's in like it. like the same the thing. Hawaiian scale it's the same thing they did with the alphabet. We're like, we're just going to throw half of this out. We don't need it. <laughs> it's of. only six notes. Yeah, it's the Hawaiian no scale. no A or E. It's all consonants. <laughs> That's a good joke. Thank you. <laughs> it's a solid joke. Uh, hey, brother, know, we don't need all them notes. 13 years of knowing how to play music so yeah. I could make my vowel joke. <laughs> So also at this show, Kurt goes out to smoke and he sees two friends from high school and they ask for his autograph. And for one thing, he signs it Kurt with a D. Yeah, that's his. He little, loved doing that. Yeah, actually. that was his thing. And he also claimed that this was the moment he knew he had become famous. Uh, I'm going to say that some of this is bullshit because pretty sure Kurt had no friends from high school was yeah. a big part of the whole narrative that we've been told. Yeah, well, I, I wonder if it's that he didn't have, like, people he just didn't consider friends. 
Uh, that he could... seems like one of those people who you're like, what? I was friends with Kurt all through high school. Uh, we've had, and then you yeah. read these interviews and he's like, everyone was mean to me oh, in you mean high he's school? every comedian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He sounds like a guy like you would suggest a band to and he'd be like, that's stupid. I hate it. But then like a day later, it'd be like, hey, what was the name of that band again? I think I really like it. Are you trying to imply you're the voice of a generation? Kind of. <laughs> the AARP generation. I am retired. <laughs> I like FM Travis. <laughs> Coming up next, we got more Nirvana. <laughs> we'll get the lead out, because classic rock's a confusing quagmire now. Yeah. Yeah, it get- really is. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard Smells Like Teen Spirit on a classic station. I was like, what? I feel like, But it, it fit. It I was like 15 like, years. I feel like you should call a block of Nirvana get the lead out. <laughs> like, I think that would be the best I think way to do it. would thoroughly approve of that. <laughs> and then pretend he didn't later. Yeah. You know, I hate that radio station where they make fun of my suicide. <laughs> no one ever liked You me. need cooling. <laughs> oh, man. So September 24th, Nevermind goes on sale, Woo! everybody. Woo! That literally is a day that changed everything. That, like, that no is fucking a day bullshit. that yeah. changed everything. And it took two weeks to hit the charts. Would you say that that moment that changed everything changed everything? It did. It, it, that was, it started to change everything the way that it changed everything. I think it changed yeah. all the moments that changed everything <laughs> yes. before it, too, into something else. They kept moving the line of what everything was and how yeah. much it had changed by this changing Yeah, everything. Absolutely. Uh, it took two weeks to chart. Entered at 144, second week 109, third week 65, fourth week 35. This is where a shittier show would be like, see guys, and they don't even let things last, you know, in when they get released now. Yeah, yeah. And that this, that yeah, you hear that a lot. Like, Nirvana would never happen now. They're first single. Like, yeah, they play guitars. <laughs> yeah. They're a rock band. Yeah, yeah they're not a dance yeah. band. That's part of the problem. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Uh, they would do well now. The Venga Boys, if they came back, <laughs> would really blow minds. Or Eiffel they 65. Were, yeah. <laughs> oh, Have you heard how blue I... this guy is? <laughs> I like their version of blue better than Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> so they they sold. Uh, they would have charted higher, but the record label wasn't expecting people to no, buy this album. You couldn't find it anywhere. It's sold out, which that never happens anymore. No. Mm-hmm. You know what? Because it. Something like this would never happen now. Right. It, a record label would never let it happen. Yeah. I'm getting such hatred from Kyle. It's kind of intense. Well, I think it's because I was hoping there'd be a and that changed everything at the end as I'm well. So and I was like, no, he's just making a valid point. <laughs> What's interesting about it is it wasn't, there was no huge marketing push behind it. I mean, there were... No, it was it was it was going viral before there was a viral, yeah. before that was a thing. This that is like the said. last college radio hit. Yeah, kind of. Is it? Like the last time where like something that's like the late night show that plays the cooler, hipper stuff before that kind of goes away. I mean, like this is literally the song that alters the way like like radio format plays. And I guess you're right. Yeah, I guess you're like right. After this, they were like, oh, we can't be caught like that again. No, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of it was radio. Unless, <laughs> unless it's Napster. Then we can definitely be caught. <laughs> It was a lot of radio stations uh, playing it at night because they thought it was too aggressive. It's which, crazy to think it's like too aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Even for then, it that like it doesn't 
Like Metallica was still making music. Guns N' Roses was pretty but I guess aggressive. Even like, I don't think Enter Sandman's out by this point. No, is not it? yet. Same yeah. year, but later. Same that year. So I guess yeah. I guess if you think about it, like like coming out of like the late '80s, early '90s, it is kind of one of the lighter periods. Like yeah. I imagine it's got to be kind of like going from that like late '60s into early '70s kind of feel. Yeah. Where like you've got a, still got. Hey, they're Georgie girl and kind of like fun pop things. Then Black Sabbath shows up. And this was another really big boy band era, too. Oh, yeah. New New Kids Kids on on the Block and all that shit. New edition and stuff like that. Although, actually, I'm wondering if the Black Album came out the summer before this. It came out in 91. But I think it came out in like in August of 91. So maybe it is before this. If Yeah, if it is, it's right before. And it makes a ton of sense because those are kind of complimentary songs as far as like bringing heaviness to the radio. I feel like, you know, like. Enter Sandman and Smells Like Teen Spirit prep a world for Man in the Box to come out and stuff right. like that. Like there's, I've, I've always felt like if Nevermind didn't kill hair metal, the Black Album probably would have. Yeah. Because or, they, they weren't that different. And I feel like there was enough bands coming in at that time that like had that not been big. I still think like somebody like Alice in Chains yeah. like was poised to be a huge band. But they already were cuz man um, Th- them and Soundgarden were yeah. both already v- yeah. fairly successful bands at that point. I think that like Nirvana comes in and changes the game as far as it kind of makes Everything. sense if you think about it <laughs> that like they brought like the Beatlesy pop yeah. melody to heavy stuff. Like before that it's almost this weird alt history where it becomes this like heavy rock thing that kind of reigns in. Right, yeah. Yeah, it was borderline stadium rock. Yeah. Was a lot of that early grunge stuff. And yeah, Nirvana definitely brought more of a pop feel. They were one of the only bands I felt like that kind of brought that. Yeah, fully agreed. But I don't know. I don't know how much of it was intentional. I think a lot of what was we consider pop part of Nevermind is all Butch Vig's doing. I don't know, but you hear about a girl and you go like, oh, this band, if they wrote an album of these. But imagine if that was really produced, I think it would sound different. Like the about a girl we hear is kind of sloppy and quick. It's not really poppy of itself. I, the, the, it's the, simple. I don't know. That song's pretty poppy to me. Yeah. It sounds like Blood and Roses by uh, the Smithereens. Yeah. And that's a pop. That song is poppy as fuck. Because I feel like he always had that kind of like two sides. He has like the heavy rock inside, but he has that version of him that love like the smithereens, right? Like that kind of. And then that other side that wanted to impress Dave Lombardo. Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, weird looking dude from the smithereens. You were a great (laughs) band, but I don't. Really were Steve. I can't remember his last. It's got a Z in it. That's a that's that set of like subset of like eighties bands were like I can't start to be learning members of like the smithereens and the psychedelic furs, or I never come back. I fucking love the smithereens though. They have so many great albums. Everyone go check out the Smithereens. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the the yeah this this album hit without a lot of marketing. There there's a famous story at MTV. An employee named Amy Finnerty, she was a 22 year old programmer, felt so strongly about the video. She announced that if the channel wouldn't play the clip, then MTV wasn't the kind of place she wanted to work. That's a badass move. I do kind of though hope that story ends with them going, "All right, you're fired." And then playing Nevermind. Next day. <laughs> oh, absolutely! That is for sure the only way that right. story. Yeah, if I've spent any time in entertainment. Yeah, that's exactly how it would have happened. Uh, do we know what happened to Amy Finley? I like the idea that Kennedy threw her out of the building herself. <laughs> was like, and stay out. She was. Don't tell anyone I'm a Republican. Julie Brown gave someone forty thousand dollars to murder her. <laughs> what happened to Wait, Amy downtown Finnerty. Julie no, Brown? Downtown. No, the goofy one. <laughs> no, it was the wubba 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 one. <laughs> <laughs> the homecoming queen has a gun yeah. and she's going to give yeah. it to you to kill someone with. I want you to wubba her out, is what she said. And, uh... 
I never want this podcast to end. <laughs> <laughs> so they finally add the video to 120 minutes, uh, which was everyone that, remembers that right. show. And that's I when I fucking love that show. But that's when Kennedy was hosting yeah. it. It's before they gave it yeah. to like human. The Matt Pinfield. The hu- Matt Pinfield. Matt Pinfield, the human thumb. Oh, you mean Limp Do you like college rock? Limp significant others, Matt Pinfield. Yes. Who goes on a band's record to talk about how good the band is on their own record? <laughs> Does he really? Oh man, you got to go listen to the back end of Significant Other and the front end too. Because I it's gotta a fun tell record. you, I don't. That's <laughs> not going to happen. I'll it's, tell you, it's Limp Bizkit's best moment. It is. It truly is. There's a lot happening on that record. <laughs> I used to see Matt Penfield just walking around Universal when I worked there. Like he'd get into an elevator and just be like. <sighs> <laughs> And still had the work shirt on and the dickies. Like, just look like you just wheeled him out of 120 minutes into the daylight. Oh, he yeah. lives in a cryo chamber for sure. <laughs> you know what? He's never seen like his family at Christmas. Right. I think 120 minutes is like the most he can be awake. <laughs> <laughs> they also put the video into regular rotation in November as one of the channel's first buzz bin videos. Oh. Which then became buzzworthy later Right, on. yeah. And then that became certified bur- buzzworthy. Yeah. Remember when they would and do that? And then they stopped showing music. And then <laughs> they were like, what if we just put dicks in Winnebago's <laughs> and made them go compete in weird games? Oh, MTV, what happened? I mean, MTV2 doesn't even play music right. anymore. Can I just point out we've just oh, gotten the most to be fair, kids today? I'm going to bring up an, a valid point, though. To be fair, MTV was never good. I would, for the most part, yes, but I think 120 Minutes did a lot for alternative music. Like It was it was the one of the few things that you could be like, I'm actually going to hear music I sure. like. Sure, yeah. But it was still like a pretty gnarly corporatized machine. Oh, sure. I, I'm old enough to remember when it first like I remember the day MTV launched, right? And it was fucking great for me back then. I was in like, I was like kindergarten or first grade or something, and I would come home and record like shitty, like it was only like Rod Stewart, Tom Petty, and Aerosmith making videos and for Devo. the first six years. Yeah, Devo, but it served its purpose. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. But it's yeah. always when people are like, ah, they don't even show music anymore. I'm like, yeah, well, the music they were showing a lot of times was also bad. Yeah, right. and it's also YouTube exists now. Yeah. Right. They don't, they, that's not a good business model. <laughs> <laughs> but what I loved about 120 Minutes is it's almost like the, the, the suits didn't know what was going on. Because they put Rollins on with Kennedy and Rollins would just make fun of everything. Yeah. He would just be like... Kennedy would... Because they were like dating at one point or something like secretly. They were having like a secret... He was supposed to come out to Kennedy or, at yeah, one point. Right. Well, and he they just were telling him they told him that he should have a press conference and tell everyone he's gay. <laughs> right. And if you ever listen to him uh, talk about that, he goes, "It wouldn't be a press conference. It'd be one dude from a zine with a Walkman going, so why are you a fag?'" <laughs> <laughs> but he would go on there and he would say things like. Uh, you know, Henry, why are you here? I don't know. Why do you guys keep caring what the guy from Depeche Mode does with his hair? <laughs> <laughs> If you think about MTV at the time, though, Nirvana had to be kind of a emergency situation because they really were like a hair metal kind of channel yeah. up right. until then. And then all of a sudden they're like, fuck, what we're doing isn't cool anymore. <laughs> this band's Get not going to play Rock and Jock baseball. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. How are we going to put bumper music under Dan Cortez to this? <laughs> Dan so. Cortez does not bloom. <laughs> So let's talk about Mary Lou Lord and what? Courtney Love. Yeah. Okay. 
Mary Lou Lord's an interesting story. At one point, uh, this is all around the same time. At one point, while he's traveling the country, uh, he hooks up with a musician named Mary Lou Lord. The the Mary Lou Lord? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And Explain yourself. Well, yeah, she's why like this- an amazing. I you would think. You said that she's a a, a subway. At the time, she was playing. She was a subway buster. I've always thought of her as like successful. I didn't know there was. I mean, that. Jewel lived in her car once. Sure, she did. <laughs> sure, she did. So did I, guys. Yeah, yeah. Sure, she did. The uh, we're we're building up to a story we've heard before. Well, about I'm excited about this, Mary Lou Lord. Uh, but imagine that, like Kurt Cobain. By the time he met Mary Lou Lord, he was already kind of famous. And he shows up in Boston, and he's like, hey, I'm dating the girl who plays in the subway now. <laughs> People were weirded out a little bit. They thought it was strange. And uh, so he he stays in touch with Mary Lou Lord by phone. He described her to uh, sound man Craig Montgomery as his girlfriend. So He also said he like-likes her. Yeah. What? Like-likes her. <laughs> Circle one. <laughs> Uh, at one point, she comes to see him in Ohio and finds him in full-on meltdown mode. He's sitting on a pool table, kicking his legs and cursing. This is a quote. Nobody can get the fucking sound right. This fucking sucks. I've been doing this for so long, and the show fucking sucked. I couldn't hear myself at all. I'm tired of this fucking shit, these fucking rat holes. And she's like, maybe just enjoy your success. Yeah. I'm playing subways right yeah. now. Also, I'm Double your age and then some. What do you mean you've been doing this for so long? And it's, it's 23, everybody. <laughs> 23 years 23 old. 23 years old. And what she didn't know is he was withdrawing from heroin at the oh, time. Surprise. That's what he meant. He's been doing for so long. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now I get it. He still hasn't been doing heroin that long. <laughs> But in heroin, we are. <laughs> I like that there's a bunch of ghosts of famous musicians and heroin addicts looking at me going, like, this fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was doing heroin for 30 years. But in heroin. One of the ghosts yeah. is Keith Richards. Like he left his body for a moment. <laughs> He's like, I got to go do all those ghost drugs. I'll be back. So she stays for two more dates. Also, we're starting a band called Ghost Drugs. <laughs> I'm, I'm way yeah. into that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, she stays two more dates, then heads back home to her job at a record store in Boston. Oh, I thought you were like, well, got to go back to playing in the, the, the tunnels of the subway. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't get someone to cover my shift. I got to get back to the subway. Guy with a saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she gets back. <laughs> she said she'd be right back. I've been here for 48 hours. <laughs> well, I can only play the New Year's song so many times. <laughs> so the band moves on to a show in Chicago, October 12th. That same morning... Courtney Love arrives in Chicago to visit Billy Corgan. Double yay! (laughs) uh, She had been having a long-distance relationship with Billy Corgan this whole time while Mm. she's kind of uh, buddying up to Kurt. She arrives and- She's like, which asshole should I hitch my wagon to? I don't know. And she arrives and finds Billy Corgan with another woman, which seems statistically improbable to me. (laughs) But here we are. He had two girlfriends at once. <laughs> These are Billy's salad yeah. days. In that Billy ate a salad one time during yeah. these days. Did he, did he say, uh, she's the one for me? <laughs> I hope she's so. She's all I really need. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> 
It's a weird way to break up with Courtney. I like Love the idea that he has sex with both of them one day. Goes today's the greatest. And she's like, isn't that song about suicide? <laughs> You'll find out. <laughs> Maybe. So I like the idea that Billy Corgan thread, if you leave me, I'll kill myself. <laughs> Corbin's like, if you stay with me, I'll, I'll kill, kill myself. <laughs> Man, Courtney loves the worst girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so she breaks things off with Billy Corgan and yeah. goes to see Nirvana at the Metro. Uh-oh. After the show, she gets backstage and goes straight for Kurt. This yep. is a quote from uh, Nirvana's My manager. My vagina's full of heroin, Kurt. Would you like to come with me? <laughs> <laughs> this is Danny Goldberg, Nirvana's manager. He says, I watched her walk across the room and sit on his lap. <gasps> That's not as scandalous as no, no, that, sure that quote yeah. is making it seem. I've had that happen to me after a sketch show. I mean, yeah, it's I've not <laughs> that weird. Yeah. It's not that odd of a thing. I don't want to brag. <laughs> But once I was so funny as a character, a girl asked my name. Kurt yes. was yeah. and it also seems less weird when you know that Kurt was, for whatever reason, dressed as Santa Claus. <laughs> that, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Or a uh, sex doll. He <laughs> might have been dressed as a sex doll. So they leave the club together and eventually end up at the Days Inn. Because remember, Kurt's famous by now. Sure. He's staying at the Days Got Inn. Got that Days Inn money. That Days Inn loop. <laughs> <laughs> The sex, as Kurt later described it to his friends, was amazing because you know Kurt is that guy who the next morning was like, guys, I fucked Courtney Love last night. And they're like, yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) That's not a unique thing, dude. That's uh, so did we. As somebody who's been that guy at points in his life, look, man. (laughs) Sometimes... You know, you just need your friends to nod and continue to eat mm-hmm. at that Denny's in silence. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> I've been at a Denny's with you. <laughs> uh, I have heard like that Courtney Love is like famously like good at having sex with people. She has to be. She's got to be. Her like, personality is so vile. There has to be a reason to be around her. Yeah, it's got to be that. There's no other thing it can be. It can't like... It can't. I, I can't imagine anyone is so awed by her talent that they're like, I have to stay in this. <laughs> it's got to be the sex. Yeah. But on the flip side, like you are right. He he was that fucking guy. He was. Yeah. And uh, he becomes that guy even more in a little bit. In, I feel like story. He's one step away from bro. So much poon last night. Do you know what story this is building? I up don't know. We talked about it before. Oh, I'm excited about this. Well, we'll get to it. But. They uh they at one point joked that their bonding was over narcotics. <laughs> they joked about that. Yeah, that was funny. That's a you know oh, how right. things are funny because they're true. Wait, and <laughs> this is is this they've already met chugging cough syrup, right? Yeah, so they've, they've met they a few know each times. Other. Okay, and now they start remaining. They 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 part ways, but they stay in touch. Uh, in the most '90s way imaginable, via fax. Hey, they could have beeped each other too. <laughs> Yeah, they could have just beeped each oh, other and said, oh, shit. send me a fax. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> On Travis I having totally a forgot about that. <laughs> there were so many people that was like, oh, dude, I got to return this page. <laughs> I have not thought about that in forever. Oh, shit. Why does my pager just show sh- heroin needles on the screen right now? It's Courtney. <laughs> so uh, this, uh, in the midst of all this, the Dallas Bouncer incident happens. Here we go. Which is one of my fave. This isn't the story I was referring oh, to. Oh, yeah, but we're, this is great. This is a great one. Uh, 
This is uh, happens on October nineteenth in Dallas. I used to have a bootleg of this show. Yeah, you can. It's on. Uh, it's on YouTube now. It's yeah. also on live tonight. Sold out. Like oh, yeah. that video. It's part of this. And it's uh, gnarly. It's crazy. Kurt dives into the crowd at one point, and a, a bouncer named Turner Van Blarkham. <laughs> <laughs> Every part of it. Yeah. I, but I, mostly the cum is the I end. gotta say, his death on Game of Thrones was really <laughs> surprising. It like never underestimate the Blarkham clan. Whole Kurt, House Blarkham is gonna come back. What does Whole Kurt mean? Ah, <laughs> oh, you know now that the now that Daenerys has those uh, bouncer eggs, you know she'll <laughs> put them in the fire and they'll and black t-shirts <laughs> explode out of them. <laughs> So when Turner Van Blarkham of the Van Blarkham house <laughs> tries to pull Kurt back, he Kurt thinks he's being aggressive and bashes him in the head with his guitar. And fucking splits it open. Yeah, he yeah. really wrecks this guy's head. A fight breaks out. The show stops. The audience freaks out. Kurt, of course, goes upstairs to hide while everything right. dies down. But if you watch the footage... Skinny ass Dave Grohl is the guy who saves Kurt from being ragdolled. Yeah, he jumps from behind the yeah. drums like I will end this guy to protect this yeah. lead singer I barely like. <laughs> yeah, ah, my free ride. <laughs> <laughs> we must protect the golden goose. I gotta say, how will I start the Foo <laughs> Don't break my stepping stone, please. I need that. <laughs> the guy with less of a high school education than me that's somehow writing more songs. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite part of the story. They finished the show, but as they're getting in a cab to leave, I didn't put it, this part in the notes, they pull off and realize they don't know where their hotel is or the name of it. So they have to go back to the club. When they get back to the club, Turner Van Blarkham shows up again <laughs> no. with a bloody no. bandage on his head, no. smashes the windows oh, of the cab as they pull off again, still not knowing what hotel they're going to. <laughs> well, I guess we're going to a day's in. <laughs> Van Blarkham rises! Uh, God, I want Gus Van Zandt to make that movie <laughs> from Van Blarkham's that, point the of Van view. Van Blarkham movie. But it's it's uh, it's Tom Hardy as Bane, like being Van Blarkham. The suicide scene, it's just <laughs> Van Blarkham walking in the room and shooting Kurt <laughs> We could make this. I love this. <laughs> Plot twist. No one saw Van Blarkham. Did. No, no, one, no, no one saw it coming. That changed everything with Van Blarkham. That's a book we could for sure legitimately get published. <laughs> it's just for creating sure. the Van Blarkham theory. <laughs> I had, I knew a guy, he, I almost called him a friend, but I just <laughs> stayed at his apartment in Minneapolis with another friend when we went to see U2. He was convinced Dave Grohl killed Kurt Cobain because he wanted out of Nirvana. It's like, ha that is Do not you, how band breakups yeah. work. I mean, I've they seen are some, not marriages. <laughs> yeah. Also, too, they are not from Norway <laughs> where you don't eat the brain of the fellow band member. And then North serve yeah. 11 years in prison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get back to touring. <laughs> ah, Norway, you're great. You should look up that story if you don't know what we're talking about. A death metal band. Lords ate, of Chaos. Yeah, it's disgusting. Oh, it's you, quite a if story. If you want a story of a bunch of guys douchier than Kurt Cobain, they have. <laughs> douchier than almost yeah. everybody. Oh, he did something really cool. He killed himself. <laughs> we should eat his brain. <laughs> so a week later, Kurt's reunited with Courtney at a pro-choice benefit in L.A. That's fitting. And later that night, they do heroin for the first time. Woo, together as a couple. Oh, man. By candlelight, Luther Vandross. <laughs> yeah. 
after getting high. The, the couple that hung out together is strung out together. There it is. <laughs> this is a weird anecdote. They go walking after they do heroin. They find a dead bird. Kurt pulls three feathers from it. What? End of the story for me. What? That's end of relationship. Uh, and he says that one is for him, one is for her, and one is for the baby we're going to have someday. Uh, and both are for sure giving you some kind of disease. Oh, they're dirtier than any dead bird <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that heroin couple going for a walk? <laughs> You cool, raise, that clean dead bird. So, so, they're like, oh my god, this is the cleanest thing that's been on my body in days. Clean my needle with that. <laughs> so his heroin use had increased dramatically by this point. He was using daily. Nice. He wrote in his journal that several months before meeting Courtney, he quote decided to become a junkie. Thank you very much. Yes, his choice, as it always is. I could never quit whenever I want. <laughs> <laughs> As uh, part of a treatment program he was in, he wrote a history of his drug use. When I got back from our second Euro European tour with Sonic Youth, I decided to use heroin, spelled like the like a lady, like a lady. movie yeah. hero, <laughs> yeah. because it's the 90s. Uh, I decided to use heroin on a daily basis because of an ongoing stomach ailment that I had been suffering from for the past five years, and that literally had taken me to the point of wanting to kill myself. I feel like this fucker has never heard of Tums. Yeah. Or yeah, I have two in my pocket right now <laughs> yeah. for a stomach ailment. <laughs> well, what's weird about it, when they finally did diagnose what it was, it was a pinched nerve in his back because he had scoliosis, and it was just the area where it was in his back and All the type around. of pain it was, yeah. it felt like a stomach thing. Oh, yeah. interesting. And that's one of the things that gets left out of the, oh, Kurt was so depressed on that last tour. He wasn't really like he had gotten over the stomach thing and he wasn't using heroin anymore. It's really mm. interesting. But uh, interesting thing. I have a bad back issue and inside of me is a bit of cadaver bone. I wonder if it's Kurt's. What if I have a bit of Kurt inside of me? Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be. I hope it's like coyote spine. <laughs> like you're part animal now. <laughs> and like full moons yeah. and just owl. I mean, you could be I hope it's you someone from Candlebox. <laughs> I'm gonna keep referencing Candlebox, right. hey, but also too the fact that you're doing yeah. it means I don't have to. <laughs> but also too that wouldn't be cadaver bone. It would be like I'll sell you my bones. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone <laughs> buy me one of my bones? I got a lot of them, and I don't need any of them. I don't need all of these. Starting a new band called Bone Box. <laughs> Took a few extras out oh, to sell. Man. That'd be the darkest modern art project. <laughs> you just have a man on the street uh, offering you to sell his bones. Hey, hey, you know that guy from Candlebone? Yeah, I know him. <laughs> my favorite thing that happened to me a few years ago is, uh, this is just to let you know how music works out for people. Uh, I was still living in an apartment at the time. I had a big leak at the roof because we had one of those flat roofs in our apartment. And uh, the, we had to call one of those emergency patching groups to come and do a patch on it so it stopped pouring rain inside our house. And one of the workers was inside the house and he goes, uh, he sees one of my guitars. He goes, oh, you, you play guitar? I'm like, yeah. He goes, uh, you like Ugly Kid Joe? And I'm like, oh, I was no. like, and I was like, I guess, yeah, they're fine. He's like, well, there are guitar players on your roof right now patching your roof. <laughs> Oh. That's the only logical way for that story to end. Yeah. I mean, it only would have been better if he'd said K 
Candlebox. Like that's the only better band he could. Or have if he'd re- been yeah. like, for ten dollars, they'll play your living room right now. No, 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 no. I am not Chet. Well, I'm good. Are you I'm sure. Good. Ugly yeah. Kid Joe <laughs> Roofing Service is yeah. at your house right now. <laughs> I love that they're like, we were a band. We've transitioned into roofing. Do you hate everything about your roof? Because that was an ugly kid Joe roof. song. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I love it. I don't know who this show's for if I'm here. <laughs> because I'm like, God, I fucking love this show. <laughs> uh, by the way, Puddle of Mud does my fucking lawn work. It's great. <laughs> they really don't live up to their name, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Lots of grass on my lawn. Yeah. So... <laughs> Just so serious business right guys. That's so good. Yeah, I love that we're having so much fun talking about Kurt's descent into heroin <laughs> yeah. addiction. Hey, you know who else sucks? Other people who didn't make it. I want. Is there a book about what Chris Novoselic's up to for the entire run of your <laughs> He's just, uh, hanging out in a Motel Six lobby, waiting for other people. The that's, book. That's the book we need to write. <laughs> yeah, is Nirvana the history of Nirvana? The other guys. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it quickly devolves into him just looking at Lear jets. What if I could fly these? That would be amazing. He does. He's a pilot now. Yeah, he right? got his own pilot license. At one point, he was he was auctioning off a chance to like fly with him. <laughs> I would take that. I would too. And then I would just hand him a. Yeah. B- Is there an autopilot? Because I brought yeah. a base. <laughs> I like the idea that he has a brutal rivalry with John Travolta. <laughs> John Travolta. Like, oh, because they're, they're both pilots. 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 <laughs> yeah. So he's like, "Oh, you taking some of your fans up in your little airplane?" <laughs> He's like, yeah, John, we're going for a flight. Have fun with that. <laughs> Racing that, down the tarmac. Was that your John Travolta or your slightly sad uh, Jay Leno? They're one of the same. <laughs> Is there a difference? They, uh, they look the same in my brain. It's one amalgamated creature. Yeah, they both have beards. <laughs> and by that, I mean their wives. Wives, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you leave Mavis out of this. <laughs> Yeah, that woman is a saint. <laughs> I love that you're like, Kelly, whatever. Yeah, yeah, Mavis, whatever. though. <laughs> Mavis has suffered enough. <laughs> That's true. I, I, wait, I had like a whole warehouse. Fuck off. <laughs> I got all this Doritos money from the 90s. He was a Doritos spokesperson. A lot of people don't remember that. It's where he made most of his money. It's true. If I recall. That and Pat Morita action films <laughs> where he's the other cop. I showed that trailer <laughs> at a show I did once. <laughs> Where I was showing up uh, poorly advised comedian movie vehicles, and it was uh, like that. It was the fucking Andrew Dice Clay detective movie. Oh, Ford Fairlane. There we go. By the way, all of these things are real. I know it sounds like we're making shit up. Yeah, I showed those in Chairman all of the real. Board. Chairman of the Board. Uh, B O R E D. Do you know that fucking bit? That's Norm MacDonald shits all over Carrot Top. Look. <laughs> Had a lot of free time. I was a, uh, I was literally a security guard in the nineties. <laughs> I worked from midnight to eight. I just watched the Ropers reruns and sure. uh, um, uh, commercials. So, that, yeah, it's w- as one does. Yeah. So the the next night after <laughs> Seen they tie in, Trav. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> after they do heroin for the first time, Kurt comes back wanting to do heroin again. But Courtney Love said no because she had a rule about not doing drugs two nights That's in a row. That's like a legit pretty good rule. That's a great as a person who has smoked crack three times in my life. That's a fantastic rule. Yeah, you need because a, I have never done it on consecutive days. No, you need a fallow oh, period. Yeah, 
What do you take a cool down? Yeah. Like he just gotta I feel like everyone should do it once just to see what you're made of. No. I don't I don't want to incriminate myself too much, but I agree. <laughs> see, Travis? <laughs> I've come on. I've had things. I've done things. Nah, no one no one who smoked crack would say it like nah, that. I haven't done that. I've done I've done other things at an advanced age where I was like Oh, this is how like John Entwistle died. I don't think this is a good idea. There comes a point where you go, "Oh, this drug's a young man's game. Yeah. I need to get out of this." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that is a good rule. And then the third, I'm night- talking about cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Aren't we always sort of talking about cocaine? So the third night, Kurt calls her. This is classic Kurt Cobain action here. Uh, like if there was a Kurt Cobain doll and you pulled a string on the back, it just shake. what it would do is call you sobbing and ask if it could come over. <laughs> oh, we need to make the <laughs> Just a so, little, little shaker inside of it. You put it around, it moves around. The dog chases after it. Everyone loves it. So she goes over there and finds him shaking uncontrollably, having a panic attack. Uh, she calms him down, but refuses to do heroin. So do heroin with me. He starts pouting, and she finally gives in. Fine. Oh my god! It's like a a, a toddler addict. Either that, <laughs> yeah. Either she gave in, or she's a CIA plant who infiltrates upstart music scenes with drugs in order to destroy them. And this is all an elaborate cover story she's concocted. Could go either way. I right. actually have that in the notes because That's the book real, I keep yeah. threatening to read, "Drugs as a Weapon Against Us," which is all about how Courtney Love and Yoko Ono are like CIA operatives who it's essentially break up upstart music scenes. It's literally the plot of the show Patriot, but it said it inside <laughs> of music instead yeah. of uh i don't like that they drag yoko ono into this because <laughs> when they say courtney love i roll my eyes at it because i think that's insane but like yoko ono was just like a like performance artist who sure. met a guy who's a real asshole right yeah. and was like hey i like your brand of assholery yeah <laughs> and america can't process the fact that john Lennon's just a douchebag <laughs> i can't and uh-huh. i genuinely enjoy like that's i'm gonna step that back i don't mind yoko ono <laughs> Walking yeah. on Thin Ice is a great song. Right. <laughs> like, I just also, too, feel like every internet comment would be, of course you think she was a performance artist. You know, I have some paperwork that'll show you <laughs> she was really... She guested on some sitcom at some point, and they were trying to like... What? Yeah, I don't. I heard this story like second or third hand, and the it, only thing she does worse than... outer space. The only thing she does worse than sing is speak. Well, she was guesting on it, and they were like trying to figure out what to do for her, and she was like... I don't know if you know this, but um, there's like some people who think I'm the reason the Beatles broke up. And they're like, we're writing that where you seem like you're cool with it. So we're doing that. So they wrote an episode of some show about her breaking up the Beatles. That's fantastic. Yeah. I want to watch that show now. It's People just don't want to think that maybe no one wanted to hang out with John Lennon anymore. Yeah, I, I can definitely well, see that. Mark David Chapman did. Well, yeah, <laughs> just briefly. Yeah, I feel like there was a moment where Paul was like, "I'm sad. I get it, but I'm sad." <laughs> yeah. Also, too, it's odd that this has come back to a Jared Leto reference now. Yeah, yeah. Of course, In that movie where he has sex with Dakota Fanning. That's that movie, I, right? I don't know what. <laughs> what happens? That movie. Right? I hope that came out recently. Yeah. When would? No, it? it's like scandalous and weird. I, oh, okay, was, good. I only know this because it was a punchline a friend used in like a script, and he had to aggressively explain it to me. Because I'm like, hey, what the <laughs> fuck is this? 
So, hey, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is that? I got nothing. <laughs> that's going to be a fun dangling thing in this podcast. We'll put it on the Patreon. We'll there put an yeah. explanation <laughs> for subscribers. From my new podcast on the network, I have some explaining to do. <laughs> but you only get it if you pay extra. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you just have to let it. That's how you get people to yeah. fucking subscribe no. to the Patreon because they need closure in their lives. Right. That or they're just like... Kyle's a monster. I'm not, I don't know why he says these I didn't things. Create that thing. <laughs> Sounds like you just made some kind of I snuff didn't film. Get the lights together and set up a place in North Hollywood and shoot that for a group of Eastern European millionaires. It'd be really cool if this forty-year-old guy fucked this teenager. The important thing is the fight I got into about not using that mix of the Thirty Seconds to Mars song in it. Was that this episode or the last one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know that documentary about how Jared Leto <laughs> likes to climb rocks and underage girls? <laughs> so after all of this, Nirvana goes on another UK tour. And after their first show, Kurt is surprised to see Mary Lou Lord backstage. She pulled together her money. She made busking in the subways and working at a record store in Boston and flew to I fucking like they, England. They keep really playing up this busking when she for sure has a job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, too... I'm pretty sure she has records at this point, too. Yeah, I, well, I don't know. The, I mean, the way they describe her, she was like, I mean, there's even a quote from her where she's like, yeah, I'm just this musician playing in the subway, it was and all a, of a sudden I'm holding hands with Kurt Cobain. I like the idea that it was like 90s failure, though, which meant you still like owned a house and had yeah. four record contracts. <laughs> right. Probably uh, She probably owned that record store. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a millionaire. I just make 200 grand yeah. a year. Clinton's you know? America, I'm a failure. <laughs> So uh, my Mercedes, yeah, my Mercedes is three years old. It <laughs> sucks. That night, while Mary Lou Lord is in his hotel room, he gets a call at three a.m. from Courtney, who's upset that some radio DJ told her Mary Lou Lord is Kurt's girlfriend. This is a quote: "Who the fuck is Mary Lou Lord, and why are people saying she's your girlfriend?" And Kurt somehow takes this call without Mary Lou Lord finding out the crux of the conversation. And the next morning, they part ways, and he blames the fact that he was all aloof and shit on his stomach condition. A day later, Mary Lou Lord is watching a TV show called The Word. Travis, you should remember this. Okay. Uh, on which Nirvana is oh, set yes, to yes, perform. Yes. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> and before playing Smells Like Teen Spirit, Kurt grabs the microphone and says, I just want everyone in this room to know that Courtney Love of the pop group Hole is the best fuck in the world. Classy. And that's how he broke up with Mary Lou Lord. I thought he broke up with Tracy. What's her no, face? No, it was uh, Mary Lou Lord. I also would like to say this whole time I thought Mary Lou Lord was Marianne Faithful. This whole time. Whoa. You thought Kurt was fucking Mary I was Faithful? super fucking confused by it. Well, uh, wasn't I mean, she in like her 50s? Yes, <laughs> that's why I was like, no, that chick was for sure had a record. I was like, that's so weird. Why is she in Boston? I mean, it, it does explain the brutal rivalry between Nirvana and the Rolling Stones. <laughs> I love that you thought that was Marianne Faithful. Yeah, I was like, what? This doesn't make any sense. She's so old. <laughs> no. That's why I was like, why is he claiming? That? Why is she in the subway? She's for sure been on records by this point. No, the memory remains had not come out by then. That was uh, Marianne Faithful's first song, I think. I was like, I guess. I mean, whatever. People got different things. I mean, look, he fucking married Courtney Love. Clearly, he's okay with weird ladies. That's a good point. Yeah. 
What does your third notebook say? <laughs> uh, oh, it's just, what are you looking at, dick? Backwards 500 times. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> what are you looking at, dick? Why don't girls talk to me? <laughs> I don't understand. They should see the flames on my shirt and know mm. that I'm approachable. Yeah, they should see the flames tattooed on my ankles. <laughs> Boy, what a cool move. Tattoos are forever. Oh, do you have that? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. That should be the thumbnail for this podcast. And it's oh, around. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, That's dope. And it's around the evolution of man, right? which loops around and then catches on fire. Because Perfect. I was 19. Fuck yeah, Travis. <laughs> Just when I think I can't like you anymore. As someone who has the word slow ride tattooed on their back. Nothing I like more than a group of people with tattoos where they're like, hey, man, I've lived a life. That's all I can yeah, say. I've done things. And look, I know you got a, a social, social distortion, distortion dancing skeleton. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, there was a. <laughs> yeah, he's smoking and drinking. Those are great things. <laughs> Those are both fun. <laughs> there was a news story. This was like three or four days ago. There was a guy. It was taking place in Fullerton. It was like a um, Fullerton man broke into a house, stabbed another guy, and then they showed the guy on screen, and the guy's shirtless and has the fucking <laughs> social distortion oh, yeah. skeleton. He was the most Fullerton he could be at that moment. It was pretty amazing. We're, uh, we're, it's a secret club of people yeah. who you don't want to hang out with. No. I did a show in Fullerton once, and I did uh, a bunch of jokes about how their police kill people. And someone pointed out I was doing that joke right across the street from the memorial to the homeless man the police killed. Oh, shit. Yeah, I, it was I, uh, intense. My only vague TV credit is a thing on Hulu where uh, the bit I'm doing, the, I got the closer from a bad gig in Fullerton, and I was still clearly pretty butthurt about it. And I <laughs> really shit on the city of Fullerton more than they deserve, and I feel bad about it. And don't send out the link to people. <laughs> We'll put that up. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kurt and Courtney stay in touch again via fax. This is one Do of those. Do you like heroin? Send. You, Travis, I feel like you should take this fax. Oh, yeah. You want to read it? Oh, sure. Let me, uh, let me th throw on my old man goggles. <laughs> He's putting oh, on glasses. I made that too big. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, God. Oh, stinking bloody cum. I'm hallucinating way too often. I need oxygen. Thanks, Satan. We found a script-happy doctor who's willing to call in prescriptions whenever the harder... Handler. Oh, sorry. Thank you. <laughs> thanks, thanks, friend from the future. No, it's me, Dave Grohl. <laughs> thanks to whenever the handler can't score on the street. I think, I think I'm getting some kind of clammy... <laughs> I think I'm getting some kind of clammy mold skin disease because I keep passing out in the wee hours of the morning covered in little boy blood. What? <laughs> and wearing the same sweaty clothes that I had worn from the show the night before. Little Oliver, the Indian boy I bought last week, is becoming quite the professional nurse, except the needles he uses are so big that it makes my arms swell up like golf balls. Your arms are probably bigger than golf balls, yeah. but go on. I mean, snooker balls. Oh, okay. I just wanted to clarify. He also is a lot better at sucking my cable now that I've bashed his teeth out. Guido is sending that receptionist at the hotel a fish tomorrow. I hope she's a good swimmer. I love you. I miss you. P.S. I've convinced Lenny Kravitz that the baby is his and he's willing to pay for the abortion. Love me. So, of course, Kurt and Courtney got, dis got engaged in December. Not long after that. Man. That's quite a fact. I'm going to be honest with you. I like that more than many of Nirvana's actual lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> he put and some thought into it. 
Like but, he paints a like he is he is like a like a like a shitty Clive Barker there. <laughs> but then there's that weird thing that you found that photo, Adam, of him like playing air guitar to Lenny Kravitz on stage at like an MTV thing. Yes. So it's uh, the the MTV performance where Chris throws his bass up and knocks himself, oh, knocks himself out. Himself, knocks oh, it's that out. thing. It's yeah. Before that, someone t- uh, posted it on Instagram. And Kurt's rocking out to Are You Gonna Go My Way? Yeah, yes. Lenny Kravitz is playing Are You Gonna Go My Way? And he's and sitting Kurt there all slumped over with his crooked fucking heroin scoliosis. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't fight that riff, man. Yeah, it's oh, a great you, riff. You can if you're uh, Jimi Hendrix and you wrote it first. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, he's been dead for so long. We need somebody to do it. Who else is going to teach us how to fly away? <laughs> so the last thing we'll we'll talk about before we... I don't know how many episodes. This is going to be at least four episodes. I will keep sure. coming back Make, as long as you need me. For you got to keep coming back. Yeah. This is great. Can't do Nevermind without Kyle. <laughs> so the band flies to New York City to be the musical guests on Saturday Night Live. Nirvana. This is a quote from Heavier Than Heaven. Kurt's mood seemed upbeat in their Thursday rehearsal as they ran through some of their early songs. Still, everyone knew that on the show, they had to place teen spirit no matter how much Kurt had grown tired of the hit. Uh, was this song even a year old by then? Yeah. Like, also too, it was not that old. Uh, that's what you do. You play the song people know, and then you play a song maybe they don't know, so right. people keep buying your thing so you can make more songs. And just the, the thought of being that tired of the song by then... It's a fun song. Yeah. Also, too, uh, sorry you you became a cultural phenomenon. I just hate. Yeah. Sorry, I have to go hit the ATM real quick. All right. Sorry, I'm back. <laughs> sorry. It's just these packs of money are so heavy. Well, and I just wish they'd go away. God, I wish I could spend all my Why time. Why won't Saturday Night Live just let me play songs a not famous person wrote? Can I just sit around and write faxes about me molesting boys and knocking their teeth out while they <laughs> suck my dick and I mail fishes to people? I proposed that they let me cover the facts of life and they said no. <laughs> he had also i love this part he had paid for his mother and his friend carrie montgomery to fly to new york with him and when he gets there everyone in the band starts telling him how hot his mom is and it makes him really sad sure that's a running theme throughout kurt cobain's life he apparently had a smoking hot mom and did not like when I people brought it up. I had a friend in our friend group in high school who he had a hot mom, and it definitely bummed him out that we made sure that he knew how hot his mom was <laughs> at all times. That's great. Well, <laughs> I mean, sorry, your mom's hot. Like, yeah, what you, no one asked you Jesus to have a hot Christ, mom, Kurt. Dude. What aren't you upset about? It seems like there's not much he's not upset about at this point. Go make up a bridge to live under, you fucking <laughs> pussy. <laughs> Take one to place on What are the <laughs> so in the midst of all this nirvana knocks michael jackson's dangerous out of the number one spot on the billboard charts deserved dangerous sure. was kind of a trash album yeah uh this is a quote from tower records bob zimmerman we saw an incredible number of kids returning the cds their parents had given them for christmas and buying Nevermind in exchange or using money they'd gotten as a present to buy the CD. I do remember that being a too. big news deal yeah. when it happened. It was like the first album that hit number one based on Christmas returns. Right. Yeah. And also, too, is yeah. something that would not happen and anymore. And it's a super these 90s days. thing. Yeah, very 90s. <laughs> yeah. And that was also a thing you could do where you could like sell a record to buy a record. And you remember who hated that? 
Garth Brooks tried to stop people from yes. selling records. Yeah. Like he used hated CD it. stores he yeah. wanted to shut down. It's like, take it. He still, to his credit, is not on iTunes no, or Spotify. He really... You can you can buy his music digitally mm-hmm. from his website. Sure. Which, can, good for him. Yeah, you can get that Chris Gaines record. I bet he doesn't sell that thing. Yeah, I bet no one. That's one of my great regrets is I was... That you didn't get that. into you didn't get into goth. I Brooks. was supposed to do a Goods from the Woods about that, and it was a scheduling conflict, and Jim Haggerty uh, took over, and I'm, I'd be lying if it didn't haunt me all the time. <laughs> so I listened to that whole record in preparation. It's bad. it's fucking weird. It's weird. So on Saturday, the day of the taping, hence the name of the show, the band had a photo shoot. <laughs> you fuck. <laughs> I just wanted to throw it in. For the sake of covering all our bases. I'm sorry, I forgot yeah. who I was talking to for a moment here. <laughs> Live to tape from New York, it's Saturday night. <laughs> On the, the Saturday of the taping. With your musical guest, Sadie McShotgun. <laughs> <laughs> they do a photo shoot with a photographer named Michael Levine. Oh, no, and it's, it's it's a, never goes well. It's a really famous photo shoot. It's at, for some, it's somehow the cover of the Nirvana book that came out while they were still alive. So they were obviously proud of this oh, photo. Oh, the Azred book come out while he was alive? Yeah, come I didn't as you realize are. that. First came out while they were still, al- oh, while he was still alive. Yeah. He took a long fucking time between books then. Yeah. It's like our band could be your life came out in like 2000. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, come as you are. The I mean obviously the versions since have been updated to uh throw in that very important detail in the Nirvana story. I kind of I kind of really want like a first edition of this now. Like uh and everything's fine. When I, did it come out? I like that I just saw the bottom or the top of the the cover and there's a blurb by O magazine. O Magazine was pretty good about about getting blurbs. Yeah, originally published September 93. God damn. Yeah. Mm, Just before. Way to jump on that still alive train. (laughs) (laughs) Cashing in on all that alive Kurt Cobain money. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Geffen Records used to call it, too. It was real weird. They'd wink at everybody. (laughs) Never seen so many men in business suits ribbing each other with their elbows. So Kurt was so high during this photo shoot, he keeps falling asleep while he's standing up. Oh my god! And that's the one of the photos from uh, that photo huh. shoot is the cover of the "Come As You Are" book. Dollars to donuts. Chris Novoselic's hand is actually holding his hand. I would guarantee that. I can yes. see that. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Because this is the most al- awake he looks. If you see other pictures from that photo shoot, he is legitimately falling asleep while he's standing. But up. it's also that we. You've and Dave t- Grohl looks like his disapproving girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Dave Grohl looks like, you know, once I get my retainer out, I'll be hot. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does look like a girl I'd have had a crush on in middle school. He looks like the girl he played in the Learn to Fly yeah, 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 absolutely yeah, yeah. in that picture. Uh, so, yeah, he was strung out on heroin the rest of the day. So he mostly just lays down backstage. He ignores the host, who's Rob Morrow. Is what? that an actor? Huh. Yeah, he was on Northern Exposure. Yeah. Just completely, completely ignores him, refuses to sign an autograph for the daughter of NBC's president, which that's pretty dope. Uh, Brandon Tartikoff? Yeah, probably. Probably. Uh, he was the president of programming, at least. Yeah. Yeah, they don't specify who it was. Why do I know that? Because uh, you read The Late Shift. No, because I, I, I just know weird shit. <laughs> Did you read The Late Shift? I have not. War for Late Night? No. He comes up in both. Yeah. That Saturday Night Live bug? He's no. in that, too. Mm. They, they, 
<laughs> you just keep naming things. Brandon Tartikoff is on. No. No, I just know him as the guy that uh, Seinfeld well, says, well, we're sorry our friend died at ah, the end okay. of an episode. <laughs> so the only moment of joy he has backstage, this is the moment somehow Weird Al Yankovic reaches out to him while he's backstage at SNL and asks if he oh, can this is great. do a parody of Smells Like Teen Spirit. And this is the famous Kurt Cobain question. It's not about food, is it? <laughs> and uh, I, Weird Al was like, no, nah, it's about how no one can understand what you're saying. And cool. Kurt was like, Hold. I like the idea that for a second, Weird Al was looking to listen to us, smells like chili, and crossed <laughs> that out. He's like, I'm going with option two. Did you go with chili because I'm cooking chili right now? <laughs> I mean, I'm always going for chili. <laughs> mm, chili. So by the show. My favorite food and member of TLC. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so by showtime, <laughs> food and uh... <laughs> so the the show happens. He's sober by then. The performance goes great. During the closing credits, does anyone remember this? Kurt and Chris tongue kiss. Oh yeah, I do remember nice. that. And in the years since, Kurt in interviews was like, "We were just trying to play to the homophobes and get them riled up." Uh, this is Chris Novoselic talking about it. I walked right up to him and grabbed him and stuck my tongue in his mouth, kissing him. I just wanted to make him feel better. At the end of it all, I told him, it's going to be okay. It's not so bad, okay? So that puts a depressing spin on that post-SNL kiss. Uh, real quick, I like both of you very much. But if you just came up and like fucking Frenched me to try and make me feel better I wouldn't be like hey we're pressing buttons I'd be like what the fuck are you doing We've never this is not our relationship I'd be okay with it <laughs> I just want to feel better I just want to feel human contact Well I guess me and Kyle don't know how to end this episode <laughs> Thanks Why a lot. did I have to call myself Travis fucking Clark <laughs> Filming it and everything. <laughs> There's probably homophobes watching. <laughs> oh man, should that just be my move from now on? Just turn to guys and think your hands and go, "Hey, there's probably some homophobes watching. You want to piss them off?" <laughs> you know, if we tongue kiss right now, I bet it really piss off some homophobes. <laughs> We're alone in a park. Yeah, but you they're always know. watching. Yeah, you know, there's like a security camera up there at this bank. <laughs> you, say, you know, you can turn that around. But we'd really piss off some heterophobes if we made out right now. <laughs> So that night after SNL, Kurt has uh, an interview scheduled with a journalist. He shows up hours late. When he arrives, he has to borrow $40. From the interviewer? That's From the dope. interviewer. How I great is that? Love that? What a shitbag move. And she gives it to him. Oh, that millionaire kid showed up and asked me for 40 bucks. I guess I gave it to him. And he comes back uh, and does the interview. And then several hours later, Courtney discovers Kurt overdosed on heroin in their hotel room. Yep. And uh, he died, and that's where the Nirvana story ends. Wow. Thanks Tragic. for listening, oh, everyone. We got meow, through meow, it meow, all meow, the way. Meow, meow, yeah. where's oh, the, I uh, thought that was the air horn you were doing. Where's the air horns? Yeah. And then he died <laughs> from heroin. No, she. Where's the air horn? <laughs> <laughs> you got your wish. <laughs> Woo! He died from. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Which is about scoring heroin. I mean, we do have a button for the, the suicide episode. Oh, my God. That, that one. Uh, I thought that was just this area. Yeah. <laughs> it's that, too. Yeah. Courtney's a bad shot. That's my favorite game to play at night. Backfiring car or gunshots? Because uh, I live in downtown LA. And you see that there are no cars around. Yeah. yeah. 
Everyone's parked for the Ooh. night. <laughs> a lot of Teslas around here. <laughs> well, at least uh, so Kirk died. So that's that's you know. She revived him. Oh, that, I was fuck. just joshing everybody. Oh, no, she uh, sucked was, the heroin out of his dick. She did, just yeah. like spider venom, <laughs> sucked it right out of the the prick hole. That's where he poked himself in the yeah. arm, not his dick. Oh, <laughs> dick! I, uh... I said. <laughs> 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 so she revives him. At which point he tells her he wants to have a baby. Uh, That's what most people say when they wake up from being yeah. revived from a heroin overdose. <laughs> Let's have a baby. But little did he know, she was already pregnant. Good news! Hey. <laughs> what better time? Got a little bean in the oven? Huh? <laughs> a little hey. bean. A little bean. Cooking some beans. Cooking a bean. Oh, like a uh, Like, like a Francis bean. Oh. <laughs> Travis is losing his goddamn mind. Cocaine! Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope years from now Howard Dean writes a book and he's just like, look, you have no idea how much coke I was on. When I did that. It's uh, that's uh, one of those my favorite things where it's like, man, that think that that ruined a yeah. political career you know not what? that long ago. Or Dukakis wearing yeah. looking funny wearing a helmet yeah. while driving a tank. Yeah. He's driving a tank. By the way, that would never happen now. Would never well, happen. Now would never happen. Be just yeah. fine with all those. Yeah. But when it did happen, it changed everything. It changed everything. <laughs> everything changed. So that's where we'll end this episode. We're still powering through the Nevermind years. We got an unconscious, somehow clairvoyant uh, Kurt Cobain willing a baby into the right. the toxic womb of Courtney Love. And I'm sure everything's going to go great with that baby. Yeah, he's going to yeah. raise it up. Yeah. Showed what a strong he's gonna be, masculine influence can be. It's going to be an amazing force in that child's life. They're always never, present. Never going to lose custody because of things they said in a Vanity Fair mm. article. Or because None they make someone's bandmate film them. He's not, <laughs> he's not going to be holding that baby while he's heckling Axl Rose. <laughs> Throws the baby at Axl Rose. <laughs> uh, that, uh, I wish that had happened. It'd be that great if he named the baby Jagsting. Like he's just that committed to it. <laughs> So what do we have? This was fun. What do we have I to love this show? <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> what do we have to plug before we get out of here? The Patreon, patreon.com slash unpops. You can hear bonus episodes. We put all these uh, out for free now. I think we'll keep putting them out for free, but they're so long. Maybe I'll put like shorter episodes out for free and put like longer ones on the Patreon. Oh, cool. Who knows? Right. And also too, like, you know, if you guys really throw some cash at it, I'll, I'll give you an insight into the journal. I'll send you some journal pages. And I'll try to get them bootlegged. Just hit me <laughs> for a separate cash stream for that uncut version. <laughs> if you guys ever wondered how often Adam says the N-word on the uncut version <laughs> of the show. You mean Nirvana? We go, hey! in, we, go in and add, we go in and add the word Kurt in and post. <laughs> Man, that Kurt's a real asshole. <laughs> Dude, we're recording. <laughs> Hey, are we too hard on all the Kurtz? What? <laughs> oh, man, what an ending. I like us to trip every time at the ending. Everyone has a lovely time. Kyle, do you have anything? Uh, I'm at Travis Clark on Instagram. Uh, at Clark Clark is Rad on Twitter. Uh, let me know what you think. And uh, my podcast, This Is Rad, is available wherever you get podcasts. And my album, uh, I'm a Person, is available wherever albums are. Go and listen to those things. Uh, I'm Mr. Travis Clark on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And uh, you're all my Kurtz. So uh, I want to let you know <laughs> from my heart. I want to be your Kurt with you're a my, D. You're my Kurt. 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 
You're my curda. Curd. Colonel curds. <laughs> All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. This yeah. was so much fun. Oh, my God. Love it. Kyle, say goodbye. Goodbye. Travis, say goodbye. Can a Kurt get a day- table dance? <laughs> 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 Sorry. Mm-hmm. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs>